Welcome to Conversations Across the Continents. This podcast focuses on a broad range of youth voice issues, featuring interviews with civically engaged youth from around the world. In this opening series, we'll be working with participants from the Youth as Researchers Program, an initiative supported by the UNESCO Chairs at the National University of Ireland in Galway and the Pennsylvania State University in the U.S. My name is Dr. Kayla Thorne. I currently work as the Visiting Assistant Director at the Batten Leadership Institute at Hollins University in the U.S. I have been fortunate to work with the Youth as Researchers Program for the past couple of years in a variety of capacities, anywhere from training to orchestrating individual, regional, and national groups, where I've seen youth identify and strategize their local and national concerns. And I'm Laura Gay, a student at Penn State University studying public health with a graduation date of December 2021 and currently open for work at the start of next year. I'm contributing to the Youth as Researchers Initiative in response to COVID-19, mostly with communications efforts and general coordination. I've also been a participant in the program when it was run on more local scales at my university, Penn State. In this program, young adults from all regions of the world collaborated on global, regional, or national teams with other youth to design and conduct their own research projects. These focused on exploring the impact of the COVID-19 pandemic on young people and on providing tangible recommendations for post-pandemic recovery. Hi, hi everyone. So I'm Shivangi, I'm based in New Delhi, India. And currently I work as a project manager where I'm leading my own initiative of empowering women through volunteerism and leadership programs. And I'm very much excited to, it has been a long journey well with the youth as researchers and well, the motivation is still intact. <laughs> so uh, looking forward to what we have today. That's wonderful. It indeed has been a long and we'll call it interesting journey, but I'm definitely glad to hear that motivation is still intact. Um, Arya, why don't you share a little about yourself? Dr. Ali, why don't you share a little about yourself? Uh, so just to uh, introduce myself, uh, uh, Dr. Ali Tala Khalil, and uh, I have completed PhD in biotechnology. And currently, I am looking after the uh, COVID-19 lab, the diagnostic lab that we are uh, uh, we are running in the one of the public sector organization. And beside that, I'm fellow of the uh, uh, as a PhD uh, because I have this PhD and I have published a lot of uh, uh, research papers in this field, like the nanosciences and material sciences. Uh, as of today, I have around about 90 international papers. Uh, beside that, there are patents as well. And I'm fellow of the UNESCO Chair in Nanosciences and Nanotechnology here as well, uh, and fellow of the numerous other organizations as well. So uh, uh, that, that's all I think about my introduction. So, and I'm looking and, and about this uh, journey uh, that, you know, Shivangi and the team was talking about. For me, it was just like, you know, uh, pulling the east, west, north, south, you know, together to uh, the equator or kind of uh, something like that, you know. So there was the diversity of the backgrounds uh, of, uh, uh, you know, there was uh, people, our team, all all were having diverse backgrounds, right? I am from biological sciences. There was someone from social sciences and there was someone from other, it's it, it something, it, it, it uh, it sometimes became very difficult, you know, uh, to, you know, get the, putting things all together. But anyways, uh, uh, I hope that, you know, uh, we will be having a very good 
project report and uh, af after all these efforts that we have done. Uh, uh, I hope so. We certainly hope so as well. Um, it's a wonderful introduction and the, the comments that you mentioned at the end will definitely be addressing later on. It's one of both the, the great beauties and great frustrations of the Youth as Researchers Project, the, the ability to combine people from so many different disciplines and backgrounds, but that's not an easy task to do. So we'll, we'll definitely be touching in on that later. Before we dive into that, Richie, would you like to share a little about yourself? Hi everyone, I'm Vedruti. My pronouns are uh, she and her, and I'm really glad to be here. Um, you know, being a part of the UNESCO YR program has been one of my achievements, and I really am glad to be joining you here in the podcast. Um, with that, I have worked uh, for a few research, and I am also a research scholar at University of Delhi. Along with it, I have uh, worked in a tribal community, researching about the nutrition and the indigenous food and vegetables. So um, that has been my thing. I have uh, completed my master's in 2020 and have not got a, a farewell or convention for that matter. So yeah, that has been me and I am really glad to be talking again. So that's wonderful. Um, and kudos to you for being able to complete a master's in 2020. It was a, a rather exceptionally hard year, as we all know. Um, so congratulations for that. Well, why don't we go ahead and dive in on this first question. And Shivangi, you mentioned a little bit about motivation just in general with the project. But we're curious if um, collectively you could tell a little bit about about what your Youth as Researchers project was and maybe the motivation to choose the topic that you decided to choose on. Thank you, Carla. Uh, so the motivation behind choosing this topic, that is uh, experience of youth volunteers during the COVID-19 pandemic, was that I personally was involved in leading and managing around 20,000 volunteers when I was working with the India during the COVID-19 period. And that journey was so inspiring and I could observe that the young people, the young volunteers were so driven by the, uh, you know, the whole pandemic situation. They wanted to do something, but then again, uh, there were so many security issues. They were using the digital platforms to lead. They were doing every possible thing that they could during that time. And I also, when I was uh, working with them, we had to curate a lot of things that were happening in the country and all the content, all the working with the ministries, working with the UN bodies and working with young people so that we, we can actually bring about, you know, something that the volunteers can put, uh, can be put uh, to better use of during that time. So thinking about that thing and that whole experience actually led me to uh, really explore this topic. And fortunately, uh, this uh, opportunity popped up in June when I applied. And um, so, yeah, I, I, the, it was un unexpected that it would uh, turn out to be this way. Like we, I personally never expected that youth as researchers would give me an opportunity to bring on my own idea into the platform and you know have this opportunity to lead it and curate it in a way that 
would probably benefit me in future also. So volunteerism has been a very important part of my life. I've been into volunteerism since three to four years now. And I use this as a part of my experiential learning and growth. So I'm an engineer, I'm a computer science engineer, I'm a techie, but I, I use volunteerism to explore the social backgrounds. And then I try to connect the two uh, points together to build something uh, unique out of it. What a fantastic response. I absolutely, you, you use some of the buzzwords that I, I, I hope secretly you'll use, but you definitely did. This, this concept of being able to bring in your own ideas is one of my favorite aspects about this project. And one of the pieces that I think actually allows it to be a successful project. It has your ideas, your motivations, your interest in it. And ideally we also are able to, to make that connection as you mentioned, of continuing when you're done with this project, this is a continuation of your experiential learning, a continuation. It's not necessarily always positive. It does have many bumps and roads and this project has gone on a bit longer than anticipated, but you've been able to really have that, that, that positive spin where this has been a, a growth moment, which I really love hearing about. Uh, Arya, why don't you share a little bit about um, your thoughts on the, the project topic um, and just kind of the process of deciding to, to look at volunteerism? Yeah, I really agree with Shivangi. Uh, the thing is, I was also involved with a lot of, a lot of young volunteers. I was taking uh, mentoring classes and I was supporting their COVID response projects. Uh, I also judged their few uh, finale rounds, like for Global Peace Foundation volunteers, their finale round, and all of the projects that they've done, mentoring them and all of that. But uh, when I look back, um, I have been volunteering from, I think, school, college, and all the levels that I've volunteered for, even in UN Geneva. What I found is um, the young volunteers, they really need to support themselves, and they, uh, they require resources. So volunteers who are very uh, capable enough uh, or uh, very um, motivated, I think they, if resources are not available, lack the opportunity to get in the system, especially UN system or any organizational body. So I wanted to uh, research on how the young volunteers during such a pandemic, you know, uh, COVID-19 pandemic support themselves. How has youth volunteering impacted youths also, um, and also because um, Riti, uh, Shivangi and Ali and all of us, we wanted to also, you know, uh, intensely study how uh, women, young women volunteers are impacted even more because uh, there is always a concept of unpaid labor, double labor, and all of that that comes with being a woman volunteer where COVID-19 has impacted and there are intensification of pre-existing barriers like traditional barriers, uh, traditional pre-existing beliefs that, uh, you know, um, women are supposed to be in charge of uh, household works. Even, even today in a lot of parts of South Asia, we face that. So I wanted to research how do young volunteers um, make change when they also lack resources, there is COVID-19 hap COVID happening. And uh, being a young woman, does that impact a change or does that impact, um, um, you know, uh, 
is, is that impact a little less or more of, of you know, different uh, ways we can study the res results of the research was something that really attracted me. Actually, initially we had a lot of topics and this was our common ground because this was a very general uh, general topic. Even if we required to be narrow, we, we were really general and we have a lot of different ideas and uh, subtopics in the research. Uh, which is why we're also uh, facing a little bit of difficulty in, in making, uh, you know, summarizing it and making the word count less. So this was the idea for me personally to, uh, to be in the research. And I was very glad that all of the team members, they were really interested in, in finding out what actually uh, is driving the youth volunteers, even if they, they don't have resources, even if COVID-19 has been in, impacting a lot of businesses of theirs and they're not insured, they're not vaccinated. So what, what drives young people so and and is is that fair to young people as well like is it time for us to even consider uh, unpaid labor uh, by organizations or shall volunteers come up even if they are unpaid in such times of crisis so these are the things these are the questions that were running in my mind already even before unesco yar opportunity came up so so when i when this came up so that really attracted me and my team members were really really supportive in in pursuing this uh, topic and bringing all the subtopics together. So uh, that's that's my motivation to, to this topic, to make it short. That's amazing. And I, I feel like we can feel your passion in the way that you're speaking about this. And it's, it's really great to hear also, you know, both uh, Shivangi and Arya who just spoke, like you very much have this applied background experience that's informing, you know, your decision to study this topic. And we've spoken with many teams, um, other teams that learning has been a super common theme. And for example, you know, obviously we're talking to our South Asia team today, but uh, we talked to some of the other teams who were studying learning and a lot of people that we spoke to there were teachers. They were also experiencing, you know, some of what they were studying before they even began studying it. Um, so it's really great to hear how your work really informed that topic too. And some of, you know, how you were talking also about and trying to include everyone's perspective and the research topic. And I'm kind of interested, I know Ali, you had mentioned that a little bit earlier, you know, trying to bring in everybody's background and informing this topic that you ultimately chose. Do you want to talk a little bit more about that and maybe challenges that your team faced, how you overcame them yeah uh, yeah laura definitely uh, it, it was very difficult to be very honest you know uh, if you have such a diversity of the of the backgrounds of the team members so it it, it, it was a difficult task but, but you know uh, but, uh, but once we find out this common ground you know when we have chosen our topics then it uh, gradually becomes you know uh, uh, it became more systematic uh, kind of a uh, kind of a study like for me uh, and earlier as we were talking about the motivation so you know uh, my motivation was basically uh, uh, that you know as a as a phd or as a scientist uh, or as a something you know we have to give it back to the society you know that should be our primary uh, responsibility our education and our uh, uh, our universities our education tell tells us that you know that you have to give give back you have the responsibility to serve the people and in, in, in your best possible capacities and the topic that i have chosen for that was the mental health consequences it was more aligned to my expertise and i thought that you know because this mental uh, mental health of the volunteers are is equally important you know they are the 
uh, people who are on the forefront uh, and for and they are not even being paid for something you know uh, and it was important to assess what what are they going going through there was trauma uh, some we we asked questions about their, whether they have faced any trauma or something uh, and they have uh, you know and there were many uh, many volunteers that have reported the who have reported that they have they have suffered some kind of you know uh, uh sleep disorders you know they have uh, faced uh, they have felt some changes in their eating habits all of them accumulates into their you know psychological and mental health uh, health kind of a thing so it it was an important topic and uh, we we have got some excellent findings that we can use uh, use it from the platform of the unesco youth as a uh, youth as a researcher after the final draft uh that final report that will be published uh, so, so any anyways it was an excellent journey an excellent topic topic of diversity uh, topic of the uh, uh, you know uh, different expertise and it was amazing what a fantastic segue to our next section there so um in just a second really we're going to ask you about some of the findings but i want to talk just a little bit on what ali had mentioned because i even how you're going about describing it all, it reminds me of somebody who's coming from a more technical science background. And I love that you've got that kind of a background and Shavingi's got the, the computer science element coming to it, but you're talking about humans, you're talking about human challenges. And, and both of you, as, as well as Arya and Riti, everyone who's, who's spoken and a part of your team, you guys are working hard to bring your different backgrounds, overcome the barriers that come with, with blending. You're almost speaking different languages with the backgrounds that you're having, but your core and your common goal, once, you, once we've figured out those details, is about humans. It's about addressing human needs. Um, and I love that you mentioned Ali, this connection that if you're a scientist and if you're trying to, to engage in, in the world in that capacity, that it should have this element of an applied nature, like Laura had mentioned, it should be connected to having some kind of improvement or change for people. And I really appreciate that you've spoken to kind of that element of it. Um, so we don't get too distracted because it's very easy to do in a good conversation going. Uh, Vriti, why don't you go ahead and share maybe some of your group's findings? Um, you guys have had a wonderful project so far. So what's come of it? What, what have you learned? Um, so the best part of our team was that we have mutually discussed on everything and uh, we almost never had any uh, misunderstanding or some technical or you know practical differences so that was the best part so all of us had um, experience in volunteering in some other ways so we mutually decided on this thing and um, it was important because we wanted to identify the incentives and motivations that influenced youth around us us for example that we desire to volunteer and the to explore the what what made us desire in some other things related to COVID. For example, I, from a social work background, uh, volunteered for uh, vaccine equity and I have volunteered for in the tribal community. So basically it was uh, like, for example, as Ali mentioned that he is from medical background and um, Shivangi said she is from, you know, computer sciences. And so basically all of us, even Arya and other team members, Khadiza and, Nadine. So basically, we wanted to explore more on the motivations that drew us to this project. 
to this research. So we truly believe that it was crucial to discover the types of volunteer actions taken by youth in the pandemic and um, assess the effects of volunteering throughout the COVID-19 pandemic on attitudes, mental health, you know, emotional and physical well-being and how the organizations are handling it, the organization's preparedness. So since COVID-19 has emerged as an unprecedented public health situation, so volunteers play a crucial role. And um, my learning was basically that to interact with four people, I would know about, I would retain more, I would know about their experience, but to have a survey and, you know, analyze the responses of almost um, 500 or 600 responses, it made my uh, perspectives it make me it made me understand different views in different ways and not just from india but from south asian countries you know so it was this big platform that i got with this research so i think my most important learning was to work in a team in a team that has that belongs from such diversified background and to have and to know the experiences and the responses of almost 600 participants so you know whatever the findings we have got it is uh, it is basically says a lot about our experience and you know what we want to we want uh, the people to reach so we wanted to recognize the societal, economic, structural, and institutional barriers faced by the volunteers. And we, in, we uh, emphasized on young women for that matter. And our draw survey and our analysis was basically uh, focusing on gendered experience. So, you know, to understand if COVID-19 pandemic preparedness was inclusive or not, and how are the responses impacted by it. So that would be my experience. Oh, that's wonderful. And and there's just there's so much to pull on from that, Brady. So I love that you have this element of this gendered perspective. It was mentioned by a few others in your group, but it's definitely one that's being drawn throughout. When you think of volunteerism, I am by far nowhere near an expert on volunteerism, certainly not as much as the four of you. But that's definitely that that gendered element that the 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 lack of pay that Arya had mentioned even before the pandemic coming in. Ali, you had spoken about just the sheer need that we're going to address a, a pandemic that has literally impacted every country in the globe. Volunteers are the army that you're going to have to go to. There are a bunch of other resources as well, but volunteers are really going to be that that piece that is able to address a lot of those um, challenges that we knew or we didn't know coming through the pandemic. So, Rita, you had mentioned that you guys have gotten almost 600 responses. Can we be just a touch technical real quick and maybe um, share with the listeners how many, if this is a survey, how many people responded and one or two of the, the findings from that survey? So we had around uh, 522 uh, responses. Uh, our earlier target was 400, the maximum that we were uh, hoping for, and it got exceeded, so we are glad about that part. And interestingly, um, again, we saw a 60% and the 40% uh, uh, gender divide. So 60% were male respondents and 40% were the female respondents. So again, there was a little a bit of a divide we saw. And um, other than that, uh, what uh, really, and again, we were targeting just the four countries because uh, we represent those four countries and uh, 
so that is again so i would just add a bit on the motivation part so in the initial days when we started uh, working on this uh, particular uh, problem of deciding a topic so those discussions again were so much uh, enlightening uh, within the group that was again uh, became a very strong point to carry it on forward to complete the research because somehow we felt that uh, we no longer felt that it is a country problem we could align it very well that it is a regional problem now and it was kind of uh, like i i mentioned that i come from a technical background my social uh, skills are a bit uh, you know so any information that i get in i get like oh my god my mind is blown that kind of and an, uh, thoughts i start getting so knowing that uh, each of these four countries are also facing the same issues was uh, very much motivating enough to uh, work harder into this particular project and again going to the technical findings uh, we'll see that the volunteers were largely we wanted to find out why you know why there was a surge in the uh, volunteering during the covid is it the covid or is it that the young people are idle at home or you know uh, because everything was impacted but we saw that most of them around 70% of the respondents did say that they were um motivated due to humanity on humanitarian uh, grounds mostly and then some desire to uh, enhance their career prospects due to it like i keep saying that uh, it is a very effective tool of experiential learning so i did that for myself for my career as well apart from the humanitarian grounds and the third uh, major point was that to meet like minded people and work together so virtual volunteering again is something that we explored a bit into it because it is on a rise now and people have started taking virtual volunteering seriously uh, during the covid and um, but again uh, we observed that uh, during the responses that we got that still uh, people are a bit skeptical about online vol volunteering but they do think that uh, in the coming times it will catch up and have uh, more opportunities for the young people and uh, other than that uh, we really wanted to add the 21st skills uh, 21st century skills element into our whole project so uh, we did that through uh, identifying what are the skills that the volunteering uh, can provide to the young people which are also kind of uh, comes under the 21st century skills bracket so but we explored it a little bit not in depth because again it was a very uh, vast uh, kind of an area that we were looking forward to and there were many objectives but we did touched upon uh, what exactly a volunteers learn through volunteering what are the skills and most of them do uh, emphasize that they learn uh, communication and collaboration collaboration skills the most during this time and regarding the major roles that were taken were the team coordinators the researcher and the teacher so these three uh, roles were at the topmost and interestingly we found that uh, more than uh, male members uh, females were the one leading uh, the roles as researchers so that was something very interesting that we found out and 
I think I would uh, switch to Arya for the next of the findings and we can discuss the barriers. Uh, thank you, Shivangi. I think you covered most of it. So I just wanted to add a few more points that we all as a team wanted to research on. That is like when youth policy is being discussed, um, young people nowadays, they've been demanding a seat to discuss young policy making or um, young advocacy or any rules or regulations applied on them to be discussed by themselves or be representative of their own uh, rights in the seat where their decisions are being made. So we wanted to study how youth volunteering um, involve or engage young people in decision-making body in an organization. So there were a lot of questions that we asked, which made our survey a long one, uh, where we wanted to find out whether the young people are given a decision-making seat or decision-making rules um, in the organization. So we asked them, are your, uh, does your organization follow WHO standard? And are you insured and all of that, along with, uh, we, uh, along with questions as like, uh, are you uh, given the role or choice to make a decision or um, implement an idea or be part of something that you want to create again in your volunteering role or maybe some initiate some some movement so are you allowed to do so did you do that uh, does your organization um, accept that uh, do you feel you're empowered in your own organization so that along with again gendered um, analysis of how those young people who actually were in decision-making body uh, in their organization are male or female or uh, or gender that or other any other gender so we want to identify how they are impacted in the organization as well because we knew that a lot of young people would say that they are motivated in order to give back to the society but as well as in order to um, get into the system know and explore what they want to do in future and to get get a get a platform to start that so knowing that they want to build their career and future as well by volunteering we wanted to ask them is that possible did you find uh, any other suitable job after your internship did you feel that you were empowered enough to take your own decisions or give advices to your organization so there were very many questions regarding regarding um regarding our, this issue youth issue and even the results were studied in a gendered way um, so I think that was something I wanted to add. I think rest of it uh, was very much well covered by Shivangi. Well, that's wonderful additions. And so while both of you were spoke, speaking, I, um, I kind of felt like we were in this meta time warp or so because many of the comments that you guys spoke to and many of the findings that you spoke to, I feel like you also mentioned about your own group and your own interest and motivations very early on, this, this connection and wanting to, to move forward with the humanitarian act, wanting to actually work with people and try and make a difference in this global conflict that is happening. Um, we have a little bit of female leading happening, certainly have Ali present, but a little bit of female leading going on, which I uh, am biasly in approval of. Um, but then you also spoke of this, this learning curve of collaboration and communication, um, both having challenges with that as a team and overcoming those as those well kind of comments towards um, what what you found within your, your results of your actual study, which I think really speaks to 
the power and allowing you guys um, through the program, and I'm actually, I don't like that wording at all. Uh, you guys had the opportunity of, of identifying a topic that you wanted to, to pursue. And the truth and the power and the authenticity of that came through in your survey. Even if it was a long one, you certainly had really positive responses, um, getting well over 500. Um, and then it's something that, that came through with your own experiences, which I think is really fascinating. And my last little note on that before I pass it over to Laura is that um, I was able to do a study looking at motivations to all of the individuals who applied to our Youth as Researchers program. Um, so that would have included you guys as well as your peers currently participating, those participating in alternative opportunities and those that weren't able to continue joining with us. And these same themes really came through in that. So all of that to say, I might be contacting your team to see if we can do some collaboration with that later on, because I think that would be really cool. But Laura, why don't you um, finish this off? Definitely. Well, this has been so nice learning about all of your entire experience with this. I mean, like we've said repeatedly, this has been going on for a while. And I think by the depth and the breadth of your you know, descriptions about your experience, it shows that this you spent a lot of time on this, a lot of time thinking, a lot of time working on it. But kind of going back to how we started this episode and, you know, hearing more about you, you know, what are your next steps personally? We can kind of go around again um, this Zoom meeting and just see, you know, what, what are your next steps in terms personally or, you know, once your group's finished um, or maybe future ideas you have for this type of research? You know, what, what are you thinking? The future steps um, for me personally, if I think, is that um, I've made kind of volunteerism as a prospect in all of my um, career uh, opportunities that I take up. So uh, doing this and uh, analyzing the experience was very important because I know how the youth volunteers, uh, what they experience largely in India at least. And I really want that uh, to get the opportunity. Um, I think I mentioned this to also uh, in the last meet that uh, UN bodies or UNV India should uh, provide this opportunity to at least share the findings of the research because uh, what the young people are facing is still not out there. And uh, when I was leading it, it went away with me. So when I left UNV, again, the volunteers, everything they were again uh, being, you know, there was no uh, buddy who would actually consider them. So you have to be very empathetic with the volunteers also when you're leading. And other than that, um, so I'm currently also leading a initiative, which again targets at, but it's more gendered. I'm focusing more on women volunteers, how they can uh, uh, work in their communities and strengthen themselves uh, as well as the women around, you know, themselves through volunteerism again. So I do uh, feel that the experiences and the learnings that I get from this, I can use it to improvise my models that I'm running and somewhere uh, creating my own uh, project and the report that would also help me in applying for further studies as well. So I really want that an integration of volunteering and the digital uh, space should happen because this is what the current and the upcoming times would involve uh, the virtual volunteering and uh, the young people. It, the digital platforms give you the space globally. You can connect with everybody right now. So this is a very powerful tool. And I feel that youth as researchers, again, it proved it and 
thankfully it happened and uh, you know that it happened at a, such a large scale that it has become one of the largest projects that ever happened at this particular scale and that is what the power of the digital uh, world is so i really want to explore deeper into those opportunities in future uh, yeah, future plans after this uh, is I'm actually working with few organizations in mentoring their volunteers, but I think I'd love to share, as Shivangi said, the findings of my research, not just mine, like through Mighty Networks, other researchers, other findings from other, other groups as well, because uh, as a woman deliver young leader, I learned there are different toolkits like sexual and reproductive uh, toolkit or women uh, in disaster response toolkit and there are different toolkits so I'd love to um, use our findings and other findings from our UNESCO youth research group in different organizations uh, to make them aware about how to um, you know in, in engage youths as well as to make youths aware about their own rights and how they can explore their opportunities in future even with UNESCO itself so uh, talking about future plans as well, I uh, am in talks with uh, the Deputy Prime Minister right now in Nepal in order to establish UN Geneva's uh, disaster response bodies training exercise with the Nepal Police Force, Nepal Army and Armed Police Force. So um, this would be uh, standardizing the Nepal Army, Nepal Police and Armed Police Force in UN standards so that in times of crisis, other countries' armies uh, wouldn't have to come and set up an OSOC, which is a, a, a platform where all the different incoming response bodies would collaborate with the Home Ministry and the bodies of Nepal, like Armed Police Force and police, all of them. So if Nepal is classified, this would be a political power uh, for Nepal as well. To do so, I, am in, uh, I was in talks with the government for a very long time right now and it's very uh it's also a lot of times it's uh difficult to get things done early in government um especially in south asia especially in nepal so again because uh, the prime minister has been changed again uh, as our political situation is very unstable i'm hopeful that this time with new officials uh, if my if i try again maybe this project will be done so that's for two years but i think i would still be involved with other organizations like women deliver world literacy foundation i'm also involved uh, in my own initiative green tech for women where uh, we are establishing 200 uh, biogas plant this year for uh, women and children in rural areas so what that will do is that's an eco-feminist model where uh, the toilet waste and cow dung will be used in order to provide electricity and gas to different households and because girl child are responsible for collecting fodder and they don't go to get <laughs> they don't get to go to school so uh, that would reduce their time and energy in order to go and collect fodder and enable them to go to school uh, if the plant is installed. So providing subsidies to them and providing the skills and training program to women who do not wish to go to school, but they're already adult. So making them entrepreneurs of their own because the byproducts of the plant can be used in fish farming, organic farming, and uh, you know making sanitary uh, materials by women for women and encouraging women in productive activities through a, a model which is actually eco-friendly too. So I think that battles two most uh, world's biggest challenges is something that I'm working on right now, but that's not just the project that uh, Green Tech for, for Women will target this year, uh, because we also uh, blocked a policy in Nepal, which uh, required 
women under 40 years of age to provide a certificate and a warrant from ward and family. So that actually was, you know, giving up on our authority for women. It was a biggest challenge from the government. So I think uh, we were uh, very successful. Our team was very successful in blocking that policy. Uh, because of COVID, they wanted to reduce human trafficking, which is why they wanted families to permit girls in order to uh, travel abroad, which is uh, which is very, uh, you know, um, dominating in a patriarchal system in every way. So I think we're very successful in doing so. So I think I would be involved in all of these projects and use my UNESCO findings. Aria, I have no idea how you could possibly be involved in all of these projects. I'm also terrified for the world where you're not involved in all of these projects because uh, you're you're set and ready to rule the world just alongside of Shivangi and the rest of your team. You guys are doing incredible things. Um, Laura, I'm going to make a separate note for us to make sure that we contact uh, everyone here later on if we continue this podcast because there's lots of really, really rich information to share and that's it's a pure informational share there, but also a lot of discussion to dive in that I think would be really interesting. But unfortunately, we are starting to run out of time. So Federici, why don't you go ahead and share a little bit about your next steps um, and, and then we'll finish off with Ali. Um, thank you. Uh, so basically I see this research as a way forward. So the finding that we have got uh, has been motivating. Plus uh, the tools that we have learned from the various um, training modules that um, you guys have presented, uh, it has really helped me to you know, have a kickstart in my research for further projects also. So um, with that, I think I would be proceeding with my NPHIL research on the topic misinformation uh, during the COVID-19 pandemic. So uh, while there was a section in the uh, pandemic preparedness that uh, we found out that almost 100 out of the uh, 468 or response 560 or some related responses said that uh, 100 I am pretty sure about 100 however I might um, differ in the numerator um, sorry denominator so I think um, to see that 100 people were not following WHO guidelines and government guidelines was this uh, thing that you know made me research more on this topic and to understand the flow of information that goes um, in the you know academics and uh, with the WhatsApp forwards. So what is the reason and how it has been impacted? So it is one of the thing. Other than that, I really want to focus on uh, the people who have lost jobs during the COVID-19 pandemic. So I think I see this research as a way forward and I'm going to use the findings for the further studies as well. However, I have been applying for various projects with the government regarding uh, the, this organizational dynamics change from uh, physical to virtual mode. So I think that would be one uh, thing that I have taken from this um, research. Plus uh, to work in a group is, uh, learning experience and I think the experience that I've had with the phenomenal women in Ali so I think uh, like of course phenomenal Ali but I'm just saying that all of us I think uh, when uh, women get the opportunities to you know research and be the voice that would be heard it 
is not just uh, for them but for the society and i am really glad to be representing india along with shivangi and nadeem and i'm really glad to be friends with all of these people other than just the project so uh, basically in every meetings we used to discuss about how we are and you know the well being and then we used to talk about the work and then meeting would go from 1 hour to 2 hour and we wouldn't even un- you know notice that the time and it was more than research so i think all the learning would be uh, with about the research and also about how to work in a group dynamic and how to work as a team so thank you mona no, no, actually you know you you i am the only male component in this you know in this meeting or in this podcast so you know you have to be a bit you know on the uh, downside to be very honest <laughs> but any but about the you know uh, uh, the future plans or the future uh, things about research so what data we are having now yeah regarding the uh, the specifically regarding the mental health so we can use them as a you know starting material uh, for further research for example what my plan was that you know uh, 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 like for example the covid vaccines is a you know uh, the reluctance to get vaccinated is a major issue Uh, not only in our part of the uh, region but also you know in europe and america there are anti vaccine movements etc so uh, so awareness and counseling about that is important and what the plan was you know to uh, get, uh, to assess the situation on ground and and deal with that situation because it's the only way you know uh, you can get rid of the uh, covid or any other uh, infectious disease the other point which is very important perhaps uh, is you know if you uh, if you know that you know when you are in psychological distress if you have some issue psychologically that weakens your immunity you know uh, and then you become more prone to the uh, uh, infections so the so what what point what my aim in future would be to study that you know to study on the biological scale on the cellular scale that actually what is happening when an individual uh, when a person send a patient or something uh, with psychological issues uh, and with which uh, affects immunity uh, it's uh, uh, his or her immunity weakens uh, and and then you know uh, how uh, and how uh, uh, how he or she become prone to that uh, infection or acquiring that infection so in the context of covid-19 i think it, it it's very important you know uh, we have to have some uh, uh, studies on that uh, uh, on personal level or i try to you know sir uh, Uh, apply for a grants or something but uh, there are many things and i'll try to you know uh, disseminate the knowledge one way or the other uh, once the report is published it's important and try to convince people to or convince our governments or the institutes to have some mental health counseling policies in place for the uh, volunteers so so there can be a lot of you know uh, perspectives of our uh, our research so but i I'll, uh, but you know if you think more and you dig it, dig inside dig it in more and more and more you will keep floating the ideas uh, and uh, they, they it can have a lot of you know different kind of uh, colors or different kind of uh, uh, research researches in future so wonderful to hear and such a nice note to end on as well you know thinking about how all of this this experience for you but also all of your applied experiences like we've we've been saying you know have been so rich and relevant to this area um of study and just the 
amount of thought that you've put into the response as well here is just, it's, it really shows how much effort you put into this project. And again, how it's connecting to other parts of your life and future plans is just, it's really nice to see it all tie together in this way. So that became very apparent through this um, conversation with you today. And of course, we wish you all the best of luck and just really appreciate you taking some time out of your day to share all of your findings in this additional way. Yes, thank you all so very much. We'd like to give special thanks to the many partners of the UNESCO Chair's supported program, Youth as Researchers, and of course, special thanks to the youth researchers who joined us on this podcast journey.